You're listening to audio from Covenant Church. Visit covenantdoylestown.org to connect with our ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, everybody. Thanks for standing. And we're going to dive into this sermon. All right? So here's where we've been. We're doing a series called Praying with Jesus. And we started with the Psalms. And this is what we said before, okay? The Psalms, they're right in the middle of the Bible. They're songs and prayers. They're meant to be actually said together and their prayers. And they connect to Jesus in three different ways. Jesus, as the Son of God, inspired them. Jesus, as a man, prayed them. He memorized them. And Jesus, as our Savior, fulfills them. They point to a work that, that's coming. Jesus fulfills the Psalms. And we said that, look, they're communal, and we're going to actually read two Psalms together. They're meant to be like said together and experienced together. They're also very deeply personal. And there's a song and a psalm for whatever you're struggling with. When you're guilty, when you need to confess, there's psalms for that. When you're celebrating, there's psalms of thanksgiving. This psalm is very personal. This psalm, the psalmist, this is a worshiper letting us in to his struggle to worship. This is a psalm for when you're depressed. This is a psalm for when you're like struggling to pray. This is a psalm for when you're spiritually dry and we're let in. Uh, depression's very real. Christians have been talking about it, writing about it, and seeking to encourage each other about it for millennia. John of the Cross wrote of the dark night of the soul. Uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was a very famous, very fruitful preacher. He also admitted that he had down times, spiritually dry, depressed times. Uh, he, he, writes, he writes this, I could weep by the hour like a child, yet I knew not what I wept for. And as low as times, he's weeping, and he didn't even understand it. Um, as someone who struggled with a lot of anxiety in my life, and also depression, that's heartening, isn't it? To at least know you're not alone. There was a guy, uh, this is actually a 17th century book on depression. Robert Burton wrote, if there is a hell upon earth, it is to be found in a melancholy man's heart. He was an Oxford doctor. He's like, you know what? There's, there's hell here. It's the depressed person's heart. So at least know this. Look, if you're overwhelmed, if you're here today and you're struggling to worship, we sang great, we just sang three songs that were very confident, and a couple things can happen. You know, as we sing those things, one of the things can happen, we're like, man, I want to be there. I want to be saying that. I'm not quite there. You, you can even like pray in your heart at that moment. You're like, I know this is true. Help me to sense that this is true, or help me to believe that's true. So look, Two invitations. As we read this, we're being invited to look at this fight. This is a worshiper fighting for joy, for perspective, fighting for hope, fighting to get out of the grip of depression. 
why is my soul so dark? Why are you so cast down? We're invited to look into this fight. And also, we're invited to join in. We're invited to fight with our dark, dark thoughts. We're invited, we're invited to fight through our dryness. All right? So a fight we're invited to look at, a fight we're invited to join in. Let's read this together, okay? Psalm, starting with Psalm 42. They are probably at one point one psalm, and you're going to notice a refrain. Uh, person speaking to their own dark thoughts you're going to see how thematically they fit together we're going to read both let's read them together as a deer pants for flowing streams so pants my soul for you O god yeah let's say it together my soul thirsts for god for the living god when shall i come and appear before god my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Then Psalm 43, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man deliver me for you are the God in whom I take refuge why have you rejected me why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy send out your light and your truth let them lead me let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling then I will go to the altar of God to God my exceeding joy and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now let's just observe these two psalms. Let's just look, observe a couple things about them. Do you notice the opening image of Psalm 42? Psalm 42, verse 1. It's very desperate. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you. My soul thirsts for God. God, I'm dying for you. Like an animal dying of thirst. I need you. I long for you. 
Notice it's a struggle. The struggle that's going on in the psalm, and it's the inward fight of the soul. It's a hard fight. It's not quick and easy. There's refrains because it's not like, well, hey, I just think this thought, and then they all go away. He admits how rough it is. Tears have been my food day and night. There's a wrestling. There's a repetition. Uh, Those who haven't dealt with depression and anxiety often have a hard time understanding what it feels like. A therapist put uh, some of these thoughts down on paper, just some things that people have said. I've, have, you ever thought, have you ever thought this? Um, this is from a therapist's website, but one person was just like, look, I'd rather feel like myself and have both my legs broken basically feel what they're feeling and be okay with their legs. Another person, you don't control your thoughts, your thoughts control you. Notice this fight has both external too and internal elements. Uh, Do you remember that game? Have you ever played that game whack-a-mole at like the carnival? Um, You get a mallet and you get to smash some little animals when they pop up their head. And that blesses you, just that part. Uh, But there's like seven little holes. Having depression and anxiety, what what ends up happening, you're trying to fight these thoughts that come. Hey, this is your fault. Hey, you're guilty, you did it again. See, you're not like other people. You will never change. There is no hope. You're gonna feel like this forever. Not true, and we're gonna see why, but that's what it's like. Dealing with depression is like playing whack-a-mole with these dark thoughts. Other big thing to observe here, do you notice the honesty? I like to say that the Psalms are more honest than people. The Psalms are just really honest. Some Some of us here this morning are in a spiritual rut. It actually is helpful to admit that. Be honest, admit it. Look at, look at the facts and feelings here described, okay? Both facts and feelings. He's like, look, there is tears and taunting. There's enemies that he's dealing with. There are people that oppose him who are glad he's in the spot, and he notes the external elements And he also, there's internal elements. He is honest, the psalmist is modeling something about the when, where, and why questions that suffering bring up. The when, where, and why questions, things like this. When is this gonna be over? Verse two, when shall I come and appear before God? Verse two, when do I get to appear before God and actually worship again? We ask, when will this be over? The where question, verse three. My tears have been my food while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Hey, where is God in this? The why question, verse nine. Verse nine of Psalm 42. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And he's saying, He's saying what he feels. We're going to see how he's actually bringing that to God and battling that. But he's admitting, I feel forgotten here. And there's a why question. 
And that's one of the things the Bible teaches us. We're allowed to ask why. We're not promised, though, that God's going to whiteboard it for us. And sometimes, well-meaning people will suggest the reason why some suffering has happened. Maybe you'll see one day part of the answer. Maybe you will end your time on earth never understanding why. We're allowed to ask. We're allowed to wonder. We're not told that God's going to whiteboard it. What else is the psalmist honest about? He's honest uh, that part of him feels forgotten, right? He said, why have you forgotten me? And he feels swept away. Verse 7, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. This is a prayer and poetry, but he's saying what's happening, the darkness that I'm dealing with and the taunts and the outward pressure, I feel like it's just swept over my head. I feel like it's just overpowering me. In the picture of his location, okay, he's far from the temple, Jordan, Hermon. He basically says that physical distance, this is verse 6, 5 and 6, that physical distance connects with his soul. He feels, I'm remembering you from the land of Jordan and Hermon from Mount Mazar. He's like, I'm remembering you from a faraway place. He feels far away. What does this psalm teach us about playing whack-a-mole with our thoughts? What does this psalm teach us about how to fight for joy? What is this, how can we pray out of the psalm? Okay, I'm going to give you six things. Six things that this psalm teaches us about wrestling with depression, anxiety, spiritual darkness, when our thoughts seem to be controlling us. Okay, first thing. And... uh, First thing is this, be honest about these thoughts and bring them to God. And I'm keeping those together. Be honest about them, but spread them out before the Lord. This is everything that we just uh, this said. He's actually saying this as a prayer and in prayer. C.S. Lewis has this quote, we must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. We must lay before him what's in us, not what ought to be in us. So what he's saying there, what the psalm depicts is when you pray, when you're really down, do not pretend to not be struggling. (laughs) Actually say to God, hey, I'm really dry, and I know I've forgotten you, and sometimes I'm not mindful of you like I should be. Just be honest. Hey, God, I know that uh, I've forgotten about you this week until now. But then also, you're going to God right then. But God, you invite me to come to you. You've told me to pray, and so here I am. Have you ever had someone in your life that you just can't lie to? Like they just know you, and they like see like your face. They like instantly know, well, no. (laughs) You ever have someone in your life like that? Uh, Maybe it's your spouse or a good friend. With God, we don't have to pretend. And I'm just pointing out we can't, really, and we shouldn't try. The Psalms are very honest. There's lament. Even the the thoughts about God, God, it seems like you've forgotten me, and yet he's going to God. 
Be honest about these thoughts and bring them to the Lord. And what the Psalms model for us is, look, it's not like he's saying this dark thought is the ultimate reality. He doesn't say, hey, these are my feelings and therefore that must be the way it is. There's something generational here too. I was, uh, I went to a family reunion this summer and um, my great-grandfather died suddenly and I was seeking to learn from relatives who instantly had to rearrange their life. My, my uh, grandfather is gonna be the first person to ever go to college and his family. He had to drop out his freshman year and go help his family. And he didn't get married for 10 years because he's raising his younger siblings. And there, a bunch of us were like, what was that like? Did anybody talk about how hard that was? We were basically asking. Nope. They just didn't talk about it. Have you had a family like that? Um, there can be a generational thing about being honest about dark thoughts. There can be another generational thing Uh, In this cultural moment, we act like our darkest thoughts are the only reality, or feelings are reality. Like, hey, if I feel it, it must be true. And actually what's modeled here, there's honesty about those dark thoughts, but they're spread out before the Lord before, so he can deal with them. And there's a battle going on. So let's keep on, look at what happens here. Be honest, bring them to God, and then here's the second thing, remember. Remember and ask for God's help. Remember what, it was, what God has done. Look at verse four. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Okay, this is a Pete Magazoo. This is a saying, I remember actually worshiping and actually helping others. He's like, I remember. One thing that, be, can, that can be helpful when you're really down, remember the times when you worshiped or something from the word was deeply comforting and you knew it was true. Remember how God has worked in the past and just grab a hold of that. God, I remember what you did before. Remember, fight to remember, fight to remember and say it. Uh, that's, it's a wonderful thing to ask the Holy Spirit's help for. Lord, help me to remember what you've done. Help me, help me to remember what you've done before. And just pause. This is something we do for each other too. We're in the midst of, we sold a house, bought a house, trying to figure all that out. And uh, congratulations to Oilstown. It's really easy to buy a house here. I mean, just things are so cheap. It's wonderful. Not stressful at all. And one thing that's been helpful, I can't tell you how many times Christine and I have said, do you remember what God did before? Can we remember how God provided before, how he showed up? Can we just remember all those times? We have had those before. We've seen God show up. And can we, like, thank God again for what he's done? 
with housing stuff. Can we just thank God for how he's worked this year? And we've seen this prayer answered, and hey, we're waiting on this one, but we've seen God show up in this way. It's really important when you're down with others to fight to remember. Fight to remember. Third thing, okay? Fight to speak truth and to ask God into that fight. Okay? Feelings aren't denied, but there are other voices. Struggling with anxiety and depression, this is what it's like. It's like being trapped in a karaoke bar. Stay with me. (laughs) And only the worst voices get the mic. Right? That's what being depressed is like. It's being in a karaoke bar, and only the liars, only the untrue thoughts get the mic. Hey, you actually are alone. Hey, you actually are far from God. Well, this is a terrible reason why that prayer is not answered. Or you're always going to feel like this. No one else feels like this, only you. Those voices aren't true. And what we need to do is actually fight to speak truth. So this guy, this psalmist, this worshiper, he's saying, I feel like you forgot me. All these people are against me. Bad stuff's going on and I'm dying for you, and then verse eight will happen. Go to verse eight. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. So verse eight. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. He's preaching to himself. Look at the verse that went right before it. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. I feel like I'm being swept away. And yet, Lord, you command your steadfast love. And at night, you haven't left me. You're the God of my life. He's battling with himself. He speaks to God honestly, and he asks for help. Go to Psalm 43, verse 3. Psalm 43, verse 3. Just, Lord, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill. He's emptied his pockets of all his dark thoughts. And this, this is actually why you need spiritual friends, too, okay? This is spiritual friendship. Someone in your life where you can say, I am struggling with this, these thoughts, these feelings. I have a good friend. Do you... Do you have good friends that you call, you can call when you're just feeling dark and it's not even a great reason? That's one thing to be able to say, well, hey, this terrible suffering's happened to this. It's another thing to have a friend you can trust when like, it's just, I feel off today. I don't know why. I'm battling it, but I would love you to pray for me. He speaks to God and asks for help. Look at Psalm 43, verse 3. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Lord, send your light and your truth into this situation. Would you just speak into it? I I think it's helpful. This is one reason why you need scripture in your soul, to have it with you when you need it. When you feel alone, battle it with Jesus' promise. Okay, what are his last words in Matthew 8? 28, I'm with you always. Jesus has promised to be with his people. He's promised to never lead us. 
And so you can pray, Lord, I feel alone, but you've actually invited me to pray. You've said that I'm not alone. Help me to sense that. When you feel far off, say, hey, now in Christ, remind yourself, in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 says, you who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Hey, you fear the future? Romans 8, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Do you feel condemned? Again, Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Have, have a, a promise that you can just grab a hold of. When you're like, hey, I'm going to keep on praying that till I know it, to let it shape me more, and bring it out and use it. Right? Fight to speak truth. Ask God into that fight. And actually, we need good friends. We need to do this for and with each other. Fourth thing, explore what shaped your thinking about these things. Okay? Explore what shaped your thinking about these things. What, this could be counseling work. Look at uh, Psalm 43, verse 1. He says, Vindicate me, O God, defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. He doesn't pretend that there's no outward dangers that he's dealing with. He's like, there, is, there are pressures here. There's a lack of justice. There's deceit going on. What's the stuff that's happened to you that's shaped what brought you to this point? Uh, the Bible, here's the thing. A lot of people know that uh, the scripture is very plain. We have sin that Jesus needs to deal, deal with. We also have suffering. Jesus came to rescue us from suffering. He's going to do that perfectly one day, but that's like part of it. Jesus preached. He also healed. Jesus did miracles where like, you know, he, he got people to repent, but he also helped their suffering. What's the suffering? Maybe it's family stuff. I have a relative who uh, over-apologizes. She apologizes, to my, and she actually, this was, we were able to joke about this together, but she said to me, I have an over-apologizing problem, and I'm really sorry I keep doing that. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. I hugged her. She's like, it's okay. We were able to laugh about it. Family stuff shaped that, right? Like feeling like no matter what happens, it was probably you and apologizing too much. What's the story of your life that shaped your feeling? What shaped the things that are interpreting what you make of your life that's probably contributing to your depression and also your spiritual dryness? Explore that. Ask God into that. It can be with a counselor, with a friend. Explore what shaped your thinking about these things. The fifth thing is this, and I've been saying this, but I just wanted to overemphasize it. Do all these things with and for others. Do all these things with others and for others. Um, there's an atheist who wrote a book on depression and anxiety, and I love it. Uh, his name's Johan Hari. He's a, this British journalist. He's brilliant. He admits prayer helps. He's like, man, I wish I could pray. 
Uh, he wrote a book called Lost Connections, uncovering the real causes of depression and the unexpected solutions. And look, at, at Covenant, we talk about building a community to reach a community. This is a gospel thing. The world needs this. In the world, in the West, we've never been more disconnected. We've never been, there's never been a society like ours that was this individualistic. And um, one of the, the disconnections he talks about is our disconnection from other people is leading to massive amounts of anxiety and depression. He comments on the slogan, no one can help you but you. No one can help you but you. And he comments on it, I think, in a helpful way. Basically, uh, it's, it's meant to be a feel-good slogan. No one can help you but you, and you can do it. But he's actually like, oh, often, that's the opposite of what we need to hear. No one can help me but me. These ideas run so deep in our culture, we offer them as feel-good bromides to people who feel down, as if it will lift them up. But this is the thing. It's a denial of human nature, and quote, this approach to life makes us feel terrible. Uh, here's, what, here's what the Bible says about that. The Bible says this, it's more like the word, there's a singer-songwriter called John Moreland, and he sings, how am I ever going to get by all by myself? How am I going to get by all by myself? Scripturally, yep. We need God, and we actually need other people. Okay? So all these things, exploring the family stuff that led into this, we need to do with others. Speaking the truth, saying actually you feel like that, but that's not what God has said, and can, we, can I pray for you right now? Can I just pray for comfort for you right now? You know, uh, the prayer room, there can be like shame in going to the prayer room, like it's somehow you need remedial help. Can we just admit that if we're ever embarrassed to go up to a brother, if we're embarrassed, you know what that reveals? There's something about the gospel that we're missing. Look, the gospel is that you can't save yourself, you shouldn't try, you need a savior, you need the body of Christ. We're told to encourage one another, pray for one another, confess sin to one another. Going to the prayer te team is not like some remedial thing we should have any embarrassed about. Uh, you're not embarrassed to take extra vitamins, should we be? Hey, these could make you healthier. We sh Every Sunday, we should be able to go to the prayer room and just say, look, I've been feeling dark and down. Would you pray for me? Hey, I'm super stressed at work, and I know I've been freaking out and not treating people in my life great. Pray for me. Hey, uh, you have a need. Maybe you're freaked out about some, you know, you have no car now. You could be like, could you just, I'm stressed and I need this kind of daily bread. You could ask for prayer for that. When we feel weird about asking for prayer, there's something about the gospel that we're missing. Can we just like not do that? And put together Bucks County and put together America? Can we just be people who have enough gospel in us and en enough Jesus in us that's a normal thing to ask for prayer? In our community groups, uh, we're gonna launch community groups in a few weeks, and you, we all know there's different kinds of prayer requests, right? 
You can say, hey, I'm stressed at work, and the person might pray that the stress will go away. You can say, hey, I'm stressed with work, and it makes me forget to pray, and I get cranky, and I act like I'm alone in the world, and that person will pray a lot better for you. Let's do all these things with others. Let's pray for each other like crazy. God calls us to that, and the Bible models that for us. Lastly, this. Um, Let's go back to Psalm 42, verse 1. And I just want to remember, Jesus is here now to fill our thirsty souls. This psalm, the psalmist says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, my soul, so pants my soul for you, my soul thirsts for God. Can we remember, okay, Jesus, he had some time at a well with a woman who was there, happened to be there in the middle of the day, and her life was really sad, and her relationships were really messed up, and you find that out in their conversation in a way that leads you to have compassion for her. And Jesus, you know what he says to her? He's like, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Jesus invites, ends up inviting faith in himself. And Jesus is the one, right? Jesus is the one, Jesus is the one who said, when we believe in him, there is the living water of his presence. There's the gift of his spirit. Jesus fulfills this. Jesus is ultimately the one that uh, fulfills our thirst in God, and we get tastes of it, okay? We haven't tasted the whole thing yet, and you can be a real Christian, and you're like, I sense his presence sometimes, I sense it, and I know I need more. That's actually normal. And we remember Jesus who thirsted. He thirsted on the cross. That was actually something he said, right? He's on the cross, and he said, I thirst. And he thirsted, died for our sins, so that ultimately and eternally, we would never thirst. Uh, That's the gospel. That's what we're invited to believe in. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. This series is called Praying with Jesus. Um, I'm going to lead us in prayer, and I'm also going to invite you to pray silently. You know, whatever you got from this, these two psalms, whatever you got from this sermon, I'm just going to invite you to bring that to the Lord, and we're going to end by saying the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the tenderness of your invitation. We thank you that you actually do invite us to come to you. We thank you for the honesty that you model Uh, in the scriptures. You've given us scriptures where we can actually say what's actually in us. We thank you, Lord, that you said whoever believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Lord, we pray we'd know more of that presence. We pray we'd know more of your spirit. We pray that your living water would satisfy our souls. Heavenly Father, I pray even now that you would comfort those with deep anxiety who are just gripped by it. Lord, we pray even now for those who are deep in the throes of depression, that you would bring light, you would bring your truth in on it, you would bring your presence. Lord, we do pray for healing.
And hear us now, Lord, as we bring our souls to you. I just invite you to pray to the Lord, however you're led. Uh, Pray to God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you pray for us better than we do, even when we don't know what to pray for. Pray you would, Lord, we ask that you would meet us. Now let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Look up, we'll put it on the screen. We're going to put the Lord's Prayer on the screen here. Let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Find out more about who we are and how you can plug in at covenantdoylestown.org.